It is my joy and honor today to welcome one of the fathers in this house, uh, Pastor Bill Bennett, who is the founding pastor of uh, Every Nation Joburg. I know we are all like, thank you, Lord, for Bill. As he comes up, I'm going to continue to just describe who this man is. Pastor Bill and Connie moved to South Africa in 1987, and this makes this church 31 years old. And uh, we're still looking for an opportunity to celebrate 30 years, so we are warming Pastor Bill up to the 30-year celebration. Pastor Bill's legacy is that of love for God, big faith, a passion for revival and reformation. Some of the things that we do in this church is because of the legacy that Pastor Bill has left for us. Like the Lent Think Tank we just had recently. This church, pre-94, we had racial reconciliation seminars that has built this church to be what it is today. Uh, Pastor Bill holds a master's degree in organizational leadership and a doctorate in strategic leadership. This man is loaded. Where I come from, we say, Lotata is schooled. You know what I'm talking about, Keith. Also, he's married to Connie. They have three sons and one daughter, Ben, Adam, Ethan, and Melody. Can we just stand and give Pastor Bill a warm welcome to every nation, Rosebank. Um, thank you. Um, wow. Man, that's about the best word I can come up with that gets close to just how overwhelming this is. Wow. Uh, thank you so much, Simon, Lindy, the entire team. This is special on so many different levels. I mean, it really is. And for some of you that are hearing me for the first time, don't let this accent fool you. I am a South African with a speech impediment. Yes. You know, an American accent, I say, is like mud on a dog. You never get rid of it. Just kind of sticks, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's just such a joy. This really is. I mean, it's been 18 years of our life here. We're still based in South Africa. Well, actually, we go between South Africa and the States. We're here six months out of the year. And then we're based in the U.S. six months out of the year and. And just get to be a part of an unprecedented season. We really are. I mean, I think some of you are beginning to recognize that. Do you know the most significant demographic in this season is everybody? <laughs> yeah. Let me say that again. I think some of you are still napping. The most significant demographic in this season is everybody. Yeah. God is really determined that all of his sons and daughters are locked and loaded with more of him for everywhere. I call it the everyone, everywhere, and all the time kingdom. The everyone, everywhere, and all the time Jesus. Everybody hearing his voice. Everybody exercising their faith. You know, everybody just bringing glory wherever they go. And it's not just a, a, a distant dream. It's, a, it's an ever-present reality. The, the level of creativity, the level of faith, the level of breakthrough that is coming out of the body, not just leaders or, you know, the, the five-fold ministry. And we understand how significant the equipping is, but a body that is really starting to look like Jesus. Amen. There was a time many years ago where my focus was about releasing as many full-time leaders as possible. And I'm not in any way diminishing the significance of that. 
but I'm committed to something a whole lot more now. How, how about full-time Christians? <laughs> yeah. A full-time body, full-time believers everywhere and all the time. And uh, so just, boy, I tell you, it is, it is thick in here. It is all over your life. It really is. And um, I'm just, once again, thank you for having me back. It's been a while. I think last year I was at an evening service, but I haven't been at a morning service for like a long time. <laughs> so thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to be here, and I, I have a couple of books I'd like to tell you about real quickly. And um, this was my first book, Unstoppable Kingdom, and actually this was my doctoral dissertation, by the way. And um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a fast read. If you want to, like, read fast, don't buy this. <laughs> but it is loaded. It really is. I'll just read this. Unstoppable Kingdom is about an apostolic people creating a culture where entire cities can be loved into the kingdom. It's about an apostolic leadership culture where the beliefs, values, and behaviors of heaven as represented and modeled by apostles and apostolic teams, become characteristic of a community of people who are being activated to bring sustainable change and uh, transformation to entire regions. It's inspirational, revelational, theological, and experiential. I mean, it really is loaded. Now, I've only got eight of these left, just to let you know that. I've got a lot more of these, but only have eight of these left, and they'll be at the back. And this right here is just, just came out recently. Um, I really love this book. It's called Let Love Lead. It, uh, subtitle, When Love Wears a Leader. Yeah. Each one of you is God in another outfit. And together we make his amazing wardrobe. And um, this right here is an easy read, but it's loaded. I mean, seriously, you, this, the chapters are short, it's clear, it's so easy, but yet it is so rich, so loaded. Um, one of the, one of the um, 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 let me just see if I can find who this is. One of those that wrote a recommendation here said it's, it's worth buying just for the, just for the table of contents. <laughs> and, uh, but in fact... I, I want to just mention this because it is a leadership book. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's it, Let Love Lead. But um, a friend of mine uh, who lives in Washington, D.C., uh, wrote this, which I really appreciated. He corrected me in his recommendation. He said, though Bill wrote this book for leaders, I think he's wrong. <laughs> I just love that. You need friends like that. You do. Everybody needs a friend like that. I think he's wrong. This book is for absolutely everyone, not since the ragmuffin gospel has a publication so impacted me. I've read hundreds of books on the ABCs of leadership, and to pigeonhole Let Love Lead into that category does it a disservice. Let Love Lead reveals what the gospel is meant to look like. With eloquence, humor, and story, Bill paints a portrait of a leader with no agenda, nothing to prove, utterly vulnerable, with everything to give. The trend over the years has been to run churches like businesses. Often it seems as if each church is its own little kingdom with its own little king. Let love lead smashes the idea of the church business and reveals the true message of Christ. I can't adequately put into words how vital and revolutionary this book is for this generation. So uh, 
they're here. And I mean, this really will bless you. I promise you. I mean, I'm not really good at kind of, I mean, I'm really good at promoting other people. I mean, seriously, that's my favorite pastime. I'm happiest when I'm talking about other people, but I know I've got to, this is a good book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we've got a whole lot more than eight. I think we probably have close to a hundred out there. So anyway, okay. Uh, where are we? Yeah, very special. I know we're on the clock. There it is. It doesn't stop. It just keeps going. <laughs> and, you know, when you do three services in the morning, buddy, you better get, like, right to it. Get to the point. <laughs> so we're going to do that. If you have your Bibles with you in any version, you got it on your smartphone. And, by the way, if you have a smartphone without a Bible, it's not a smartphone. It's a dumb phone. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> so it's only gets smart when it's got the Bible on it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Uh, this is a little different than what I was expecting, but that's sort of the norm for my life. I, um, <laughs> I really believe the Holy Spirit wants me to share a few different things this morning. I hope you guys like Mixed platters. Are you guys mixed platter fans? Yeah, can you? <laughs> that's good because that's what this is. Now, this morning, just sort of just, I just knew that there was just kind of one theme that obviously the Holy Spirit can apply in a hundred different ways, but there were different things that were on His heart for us today, and I want to be real obedient to that. And so I jotted a few of these down. We'll see what we can get through in the next uh, 20 minutes. <laughs> As that clock is winding down, John 11, verse 1. <laughs> now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. I want you to notice the precision of the language, okay? That's really all I want you to see. We're not getting into the story, even though it's an amazing story. But notice the precision, um, the specificity of this. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. The village of Mary and her sister Martha. I mean, I love how Scripture drills down into the detail and the personal. And that's not by accident. Nothing in the Word is by accident. Nothing. Everything has divine intentionality. Everything. You can camp out there and you'll find, and, and you'll get different layers of that. There's so much he hides in there for us to find, but that's on purpose. You see, God doesn't just know you. He doesn't just know you generally or statistically like, you know, the president of the country or the mayor of the city. They know you as a number on a spreadsheet, statistically, generally. No, he knows you uh, personally and intimately. In a universe where our galaxy is but a speck on a speck on a speck, God knows exactly who you are and where you are. Think about that. God knows who you are and where you are. This, this word is not just for all of us. It's also for each of us. See, sometimes we get lost in the sea of everybody. You're not just one of seven and a half billion people. You are a one of a kind. 
And the fact that, in fact, when I first got saved a long time ago in the 1970s, this, this is what rocked my world more than anything else. The fact that Jesus saved me was wonderful. But the fact that he knew me and loved me was like wow on steroids. That is huge. He didn't just save me. He literally knows me. He loves me intimately. That the power, the impact of that. I mean, if you just have the thought in your head, maybe not, but when it really gets hold of your heart, you're never the same. I mean, we, 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 we take pride in the fact that well-known people know us. We kind of like that. If you can get up here and say, so-and-so knows me. Some celebrity, some famous person, Bill Gates knows me. You know, you're going to wear that like a badge. <laughs> Whoop-de-doo! The God of the universe knows you and loves you intimately. There was a, um, I know this sounds real basic, but it is so liberating. It is so refreshing. It is so empowering. Uh, Larry Randolph, uh, a prophet in the States, he was um, doing a meeting like this. I think he was doing a service or a conference. I can't remember. And God gave him a word. Uh, he highlighted a, a woman who was sitting in one of the seats. And so he asked her to stand up. And the word was this, God knows who you are. And then, see, that's what, he, that's what it started with. And so that's all he had at first. God knows who you are. And then he just sort of waited for the rest. And nothing was coming. And he started feeling real embarrassed. You know, we're mighty prophet. And all you can say is God knows who you are. He was embarrassed. I mean, he was just trying to come up with stuff and nothing was coming. And he finally just said, that's, that's it. She sat down. Thinking somehow that wasn't that big of a deal. He found out after the service that literally decades of loneliness and depression had been completely broken off of her life. In that moment, that revelation, that impart, it's an impartation. It's not just informational, it's revelational. The Spirit of God took that and buried that into her heart and broke off decades of loneliness and depression. Loneliness is epidemic. We're the most disconnected, connected generation in history. Because we have, we have all the social media, but it's a counterfeit intimacy. You're not really known. You're not really seen. Did you know the studies show that loneliness is as bad for your heart, is as bad for your health as 20 cigarettes a day? I think it's time to quit smoking. And I'm talking metaphorically about getting free from the loneliness. And then all the corresponding, correlating lies that go with that loneliness. There's so much loneliness. And with it comes discouragement. With it comes isolation and separation. And just stealing and robbing the life and the, uh, and the destiny that we all have. And I believe there's some people in here. You, you've been battling loneliness. You have been. And you may be in the midst of all kinds of activity. 
In fact, often people, it's not about I don't have people around me. Because often at the root is you don't have the revelation of how much God knows you and how much God loves you. Or somehow that has just not made its way into the, into the, um, you know, into the cardia. Maybe the cortex, but into the, right here, the visceral cavity. And I want to pray, I really, I want to pray for some people. I really do. You know, this is a safe space. I mean, if we can't, you know, the body ministers to itself. You know that. It's not just my, my, my you know, my, my hand. I mean, literally, the body's immune system is what goes to the area in the body, you know, to, 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 to heal it, to protect it, to strengthen it. That's what we should be doing probably as much, if not more, than anything else is bringing strength because of what we carry, the life that is generated in all of us. And so this is a safe space. This is a safe place where you can be vulnerable. You can be honest about the battle. You can be honest about what you're getting hit with, what you're going through. And God has placed in the body anything necessary to heal that, to break that off your life. It's not just in a leader, it's in the body. Do you know, God will not allow us to get everything from a leader. Why? Because he wants to get it from the body. Yeah. And if you're in here and that's you, you've been, you're battling with that. We won't pray for you. All you got to do is just say, say, that's me. Let us love on you. Let us do what the body does best. So if that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you just stand to your feet right where you're at? Just go ahead. Just stand up. Come on. We'll, don't be, this, is, this is a safe space. God bless you. Who else? I know there's more. Come on. Come on. Whoever else has that? Yeah. It's very real. Come on. Stand. Let's, let's deal with that. We're going to break. Seriously. This is going to get free day. And it's free of charge. This is get free for free. All you got to do is just step up and acknowledge, you know, that's me, God. Just own that. Yeah, that's what I'm going through. Anybody else? Wow, this is beautiful. Anybody else? Here we go. Another one. Fantastic. That's what we're going to do. I, pr I promise you. You, and you might not. Some of you are feeling it now. Maybe you're not, but you are going to notice some, a shift. Something is going to happen. You are going to notice it. But this is what we're going to do now. If you are seated around someone who is standing, okay? Remember, you're the body. You got the goods. I want you to lay hands on them, right? I want everybody that is standing to have loving hands, the hands of Jesus. Those are Jesus' hands. Your hands are Jesus' hands because you're the body. Put hands on them right there. And just begin to pray in the Spirit for them right there. Just begin to pray. And just feel the heart of the Father, for his love, that he knows them, he loves them distinctly and uniquely. Just begin to pray in the Spirit and just see that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against that spirit of loneliness and separation and, 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 and the discouragement and the heaviness and even the depression that have come against them, and we break it in the name of Jesus right now. I mean, <laughs> rise up in your authority as you're praying in tongues. I mean, it's a war for the enemy has been trying to take them out, trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we speak freedom from that loneliness, freedom from that detachment, freedom from that discouragement now.
In Jesus' name, we just break it off their lives. Father, just fill them with love. Love saturation right now by your body, by your bride, by your church right now. Let them be just filled, overwhelmed with your goodness, overwhelmed with the revelation that you know them and that you love them and that they're not an afterthought. They're not off on the outside where nobody can see. Father, you see them and you love them and so does your body. Right now we speak freedom. All depression go. All depression go right now in Jesus' name. All that heaviness go. All those lies against their life go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Now give, no, I want you to give them a big group hug. If you're, group hugs, come on, group hug. Seriously, give them group, come on, group hug. Come on, love on them. Love on them. Come on. Woo! Come on. <laughs> oh gosh, oh, I'm just drawing a mile blank. What's his name? Um, what's, oh gosh, well, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Used to, if I go far enough back, I can tell you the band he used to lead, Silverwind. He's a revivalist, him and his wife. His wife's name is Winnie Banoff. Georgian, thank you. <laughs> Finally got it, I had to go way back to find it. Do you know they go into countries where you can't preach the gospel without getting killed or getting thrown in jail? So you know how they preach the gospel? They hug people. Yeah. God is sneaky. No, seriously. No, you guys think I'm, this is not hyperbole. That's what they do. That's, they give them hugs. They love them. That's what they do. And God shows up and does wild stuff. See, God always responds to faith. No matter how crazy it looks. Did you know that? Did you know faith is never wrong? See, your decision to trust God, even if it's, you know, even if you're kind of way beyond your pay grade, God still loves it. He honors it. You need to know that about your faith. Deciding to trust God, even if it's misguided, He loves it. It's special. Heaven always shows up. So never underestimate the power of things that you do when you're trusting God. Like giving someone a God hug. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I was, I was house-sitting. Here's number two, which is, which is kind of connected to number one. I was house-sitting. And... Uh, well, let me, before I tell you about when I was, when I was house-sitting, just get the thought that everything about your life is important to God. No, I mean everything. There's not an aspect of your life that's not important to God. That's the kind of father he is. Everything. And often we have this hierarchy of, of sort of value. You know, when I'm here on Sunday or when I'm at work making money for the family or, you know, do something big for the kingdom. I'm, you know, I'm on the mission field or, you know, certain things we say, okay, that. But, you know, we get down here to the little stuff we think not important. 
wrong. I was, I found this out the funny way. <laughs> I was house sitting for some friends, and they had a microwave from outer space. <laughs> How do I know? Because I couldn't work it. Now, I'm a pretty smart guy. I mean, I've been working microwaves since before there were microwaves. That's how long I've been alive. I mean, you know, I know how to, I could, it, had, it had symbols I'd never seen. I mean, it was a microwave confection oven, it washed the dishes, walked the dog, you know, one of those kind of things. The new technology. And I could not get it to work. I was house-sitting for a week. And I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't find a manual. Well, anyway, the last day before they come home, I have my last sachet, my last packet of instant Starbucks coffee. Because I travel with instant Starbucks coffee. And so I had my last one, and so I, I, I heated up the water and put it in the cup, put my... You know, put the Starbucks in there, a little bit of Cremora, you know. Huimora, Huimora. Anyway, so I've got my last cup, and my phone rings. So I take the call, and I'm probably about 20 minutes. And then I hang up the phone, and I go back to my coffee, and it's lukewarm. And you know, that's, you know what God says about lukewarm coffee spew from my mouth. I mean, I mean, listen, I don't drink lukewarm coffee, ever. I definitely, anybody that likes iced coffee, you need ministry. I don't get that. God bless you. I just don't get it. But I also am not about to throw out my last cup of Starbucks coffee. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. Now, you got to realize I had just been schooled by the microwave for a week, and so I didn't even consider it. I was thinking about the stove. Maybe I can heat it up on the stove, and then I realized that is going to be nasty. Boy, by the time I get that hot, that is going to be rancid. So bitter, I realized, man, I can't do that. And then suddenly, I had this aha moment. I suddenly looked at the microwave, and I said, God knows how you work. <laughs> Seriously. You can watch the video clip in heaven. This was me. God knows how you work. So I promise you, this is not hyperbole. This is exactly what happened, what I did. I took my cup of coffee. I opened up the microwave. I put it in. I closed the door, and I stood back, and I said, God... Would you, I'm serious. I said, G, no, I said Jesus. I knew I needed to get specific, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I said, Jesus, will you help me heat up my coffee? And when I opened my eyes, my eyes went to two buttons that I pushed uh, one after the other, and I got 60 seconds. I'm sorry. I literally almost got slayed in the spirit. I serious. It was like, whoa, whoa. I mean, I forgot about the coffee because I suddenly realized the God of the universe just heated up my coffee. 
that that was important to him. Because it was important to me. When he sees faith, he shows up. When he sees faith, he shows up. Or can I say, he's already there. But when he sees faith, then the connection, the circuit is completed. Such a big deal. Everything about your life. And we have been lied to by the enemy. See, once you're saved, that's it. Once you're born again, you can't get unborn again. I'm sorry. For those that say you can lose your salvation, no. Once you're born again, listen, you can live an unsaved life. You know, and get, but once you're born again, your spirit man is born again, it doesn't get unborn again. But I'll tell you what the enemy's primary strategy is after that, is to make your salvation experience as small, as little, as diminished as possible. Everything. The everyone, everywhere, and all the time Jesus. That's what we say yes to. That's what we get to say yes to. You see, and I'll close with this and we'll pray. The quality of your faith is not determined by the immediate outcome, but by the one whom you trust. The quality of your faith is not determined by the immediate outcome, but by the one whom you trust. That's how this works. And I just know that so many of us in here, it's like there are places that you're just in survivor mode. For whatever reason, boy, when you come in here on Sunday and when that band is blasting amazing songs and the atmosphere is charged with the angelic and glory, boy, does your faith show up. But then you go to work and you get into survivor mode. It ought not be that way. There is an inheritance. There is a provision. There is a blessing. There is a glory uh, that is just waiting to be revealed. And guess what? It's going to be in everything. If you will start just trusting him in those things, like you've never done before, you'll see it. And the coolest thing happens when you realize it's stuff that seems very small and insignificant. But see, there's nothing small and insignificant about you. That's what he signed up for. And that's what we've signed in for. So I want to just, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Our time is, our time is up, for, but he's not done. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you don't just know us statistically and generally and in a sea of humanity, but you are intimately acquainted, intimately acquainted with every aspect of our lives. It says it's by grace through faith. Your grace, this incredible unmerited favor and love, this divine power that is always available, it's faith, grace through faith. Your sons and daughters in this place and there are places in their lives that they're not doing that they didn't even know they could trust you in that way or trust you for that 
If you're here and there's an area in your life, that's what I'm going to ask. There's an area in your life where you know you've not even known how to trust God there. You don't even know what that looks like. You didn't even know you could. You didn't even know that that's important to him. Or maybe you did, and at some time you were disappointed. But there's a place in your life. It may be small. It may be large. And he's saying, trust me. Trust me. Because I paid for it all. I held nothing back. If you're here with every head bowed, every eye closed, and that's you, and there's some area in your life that you need to bring into the place of the Father's heart for your life, to trust Him, watch what He can do. Would you raise your hand if that's you right here? Just raise your hand. Okay, all across the auditorium. Wow, there's a lot of us. Okay, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm going to... Have you just stand to your feet? Just stand to your feet. If you raise your hand, just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. I'm just going to pray for you. You know there's an error. You know there's a place. Maybe you've 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 done it before and got disappointed, or you've just not realized you could. How accessible he is to all of us everywhere. I just want to lead you in this. I'm just going to lead you in this prayer. Okay, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you know me intimately. You know me uniquely and distinctly. And there is not an area of my life that is out of bounds for you. That everything about my life you are interested in. You love everything about my life. Even if I mess up. Because you know You can take those things and bring your glory and bring breakthrough because you cause all things to work together for good for those who love you. And so right now, that area that I've not trusted you, I turn and give it to you this day. I say, Jesus, I thank you that you will manifest your goodness through this area like I've never known before, like I've never seen before. Thank you for the everywhereness of your thereness. Thank you for your hand and your heart in every step I take, in every move I make. Thank you that I now trust you in every aspect of my life. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, can we give Jesus a big praise? We just do that. You're worthy. Oh, woo!